0: Welcome in to another episode of the West Life Podcast. I am your host, Josh Barnett. We are brought to you by Holman Barnes Group, which includes West Asheville Leagues, the best place to watch the game live and loud. You can do that on Thursday night when we take on the Gold Coast Titans. Please give us a follow at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter. In there, you'll find our link tree. Uh, has a link to all our stuff. We can find everything, including our Patreon. Shout out to our Patreon members, uh, patreon.com forward slash West Life, and a link to our YouTube is in there as well. Shout out to everyone tuning in on our YouTube for a Monday evening. Uh, if anyone thinks their audio is having trouble, it is probably not with my voice. I sound probably sound like a prepubescent Gary Larson, uh, I have a bit of a throat infection. Slash, was yelling very passionately at uh, yeah. a certain referee on a certain game of rugby league a few days ago. So, uh, Mister Bashara, you—I'll go to you first. You were sitting beside me. Uh, yeah, I—it was a bit silly of me because I was losing my voice before the game, but. Um, I couldn't help myself could i
1: yeah g'day boys g'day everyone tuning in um yeah my voice isn't that much better it's just recovering now a little bit uh look apologies to anyone that was sitting near us some of our language was a bit how you're going but um the family in front of us it was a great atmosphere um you know we had a row full of friends and family and yeah just (laughs) shattered shattered at the time uh i'm kind of used to getting over things a little bit quicker these days. Unfortunately, we've had a lot to get upset about the last 10 years or so. But, um, look, really proud of the performance. Um, Just felt gutted for the crowd. You know, like we came back, back, we had it. We probably did a couple of, you know, silly things right at the end. I don't think – I think we're in two minds whether to go for the win or go for the field goal or I just think there wasn't a a concrete plan, which you can – well, I, mean, I guess you can accept in the heat of the moment, but I mean, there's, yeah. there's gotta be a little bit more of a, a defining plan as to what you're doing. We're we going to try and tie the game. We're we going to go for a go for the win. But look, I mean, at 18 nil, I mean, it just looked like it was over, and uh, mm. and that's in been changed things, and 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 the boys clicked into gear.
0: Yeah, I wonder if anyone left early actually, because it wasn't. It seemed like an impossible task. You were saying to me, Rob, I was like, man, it's like there's no way we can't can't come back, and we did it. And you're like, no, it's just one try. You literally were saying one try, and I reckon we can get a roll on. But uh, as –
1: Sorry. I was just going to say, it's funny how you see things on ground level compared to – like, I've watched the replay today. Yeah. And being at the game, and, like, our our seats weren't crash hot. We were, what, five metres out out from the try line as you're watching it on TV from the left about five rows back. So we didn't really have an aerial view. But, you know, the boys were really intense. They were in the game. They just couldn't crack a line. But I remember actually saying to you when we got to 18-6 – and I wish I never said it because it came true. I said we've actually got enough time to win this and lose it. did, and, and yeah. you know, it was wasn't something to brag about. I kind of said I told you so. And,
0: yeah, Rob you know, arm us. Curse.
1: Yeah. for the wrong reasons.
0: Uh, Another <laughs> uh, man that was at the ground with us, and we uh, caught up. He was up in high in his seat with a better view than we, uh, than Rob and I were. Like Rob said, uh, the ground level was pretty rubbish way to uh do that it's actually the cheaper tickets on the hill would have been better but as we caught up for dinner uh before the game and then uh you drove in from the uh the inner west of sydney and it was a bit of a quiet ride home but at least when we were having having dinner at the leagues club next door we had several people come up to us and say they love the show and we really appreciate uh that that was a pretty cool thing to uh To have happen especially when justin pascoe was about four meters from
2: us (laughs) yeah g'day josh g'day rob yeah you're not wrong um i i counted at least four people i think who came up to either myself or both of us and uh said that they liked what we were doing and to keep it up and that was really awesome to get that recognition from some some of the listeners um yeah my seats up in the grandstand were pretty good i had a view like a good view of everything Mm. Uh, I could very clearly see Brooks get pushed. Um, and as we, as we mounted our comeback, there was an absolute loose unit about two rows in front of me um, who took his shirt off, was giving everyone like a row, two rows in front of him, two rows behind him, high fives and went off his tree, um, especially after we scored the second and third try. So that was a bit of fun, but bit, yeah. bit short lived unfortunately.
0: Yeah. The crowd was going nuts. It was, um, yeah pretty good we' we'll, uh, i'm gonna go straight to this whole bunker thing so uh the brooksy push is a big uh, big talking point from today uh well, today it's come back up obviously because graham annesley has come out and said uh basically the bunker made a mistake but i have got that little clip here right now so i'll just add it to Green, and Uh, this is Graham Annesley.
3: Keep our eye on the kick, and Goul are coming through, and there's there's, we've got Brooks who's turning uh, to chase, and uh, there's a collision between the two of them, and uh, Brooks hits the deck as Fogarty comes through and takes the ball. So a couple of things about this. Uh, I mean, clearly. Uh, there's a collision there's no there's no question there's a collision between uh brooks who's turning and chasing and gula who's coming through and at that point they are uh, back uh, brooks with his back to uh to gula and then there's the extension of the arms and this is the critical part uh if there's a there's often be a collision by players as they chase a ball Um, some of it uh, legal within the rules other others not uh, and in this case, had this just been a collision where uh, they bump into each other and someone falls as a result of that collision, then it's uh, it's probably a different story. But in this particular case, it's that push, that extension of the arms, that um, uh, that turns this into obviously what I consider to be an illegal action uh, that should have been acted upon. Now, there's a few points I just wanted to make clear about it. Firstly, um, it was. Revealed
0: Rob, well, I'll just pause it there before I get to the next part. Uh, how much does this make you feel better that gray Manisley's come out and said basically we were robbed? Uh, well, basically it should have been six less points for the Raiders on this play.
1: It doesn't make me feel better at all. An admission of guilt does what? I mean, I, I guess, you know, with the Cowboys stuff, they tried to cover it up and, and make excuses. And now we've got the soft whistle and hard whistle and the, Medium hard whistle. I don't know. Like I just, <laughs> I just think, I just think it it doesn't get us anywhere. Uh, I'm not going to say it cost us a game. I mean, obviously, when you look at the points, it cost us a game. But how do we know how the game was going to turn out after that? Yeah. Would it have stayed 12 nil. Could they have got 18 goal, 18 nil on another set, or could we have come back? I mean, I, I just, I just don't get how Adam G has actually said Brooks wasn't going for the ball, therefore I didn't deem it to be a penalty you are not allowed to push a player with two hands as clearly as that in the back. Whether whether Brooks is going for the ball or not is totally irrelevant. Um, and, and I had a bit of a jostle today with some media bloke uh, who, who politely blocked me, and I didn't even call him a name or anything, but uh, I, I just don't get how this isn't a penalty. You're just not allowed to do that. And and even if Brooks isn't going for the ball, you cannot push someone out of the way to make your case for the ball or, or get to the ball quicker it's hmm. just an illegal act. So, how that was seen and how it was, was bothered me. Um, my whole problem with the bunker, I always thought when the bunker was coming in, we were going to have like three people or five people in it. There was like going to be one head, and there were there were a few people there looking at every single thing really quickly so they could get a handle of what was going on in case one person missed it. I don't think we can go on with one person in the bunker. We we need we need at least three people in there and mm. how that is missed it's not like it happened 15 meters away with no camera on it it's right in the middle it's of the your same camera right yeah. yeah so it's just look it, it happened we're used to it we had quite a, a number of decisions in that game that went wrong at the end of the day josh as for all those bad decisions we still had the chance to win the game in the last minute yeah so you know i mean we've just got to be better than that to overcome it but uh yeah. look it's very disheartening but Honestly, I'm, I'm just used to it, Josh. And I think all, all our supporters are used to it.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like you said, it, it doesn't necessarily mean we would have won. Uh, it changes the whole course of the game from that point. They could have scored again anyway, or we might have come back. But uh, some would call that a... Uh, sliding doors moment so but,
1: but it, ha- it happens in everything josh and like, i know we're yeah. gonna get into the game later but while we're talking about referees decisions uh you know having having an effect on a game or a scoreline uh the canberra which was it the canberra first try came off the back of a penalty which we challenged by stefano that i mean I didn't think there was a hand in it. I thought I thought at best it should have been inconclusive, and we got our challenge back. But had that been overturned, we might have or might not have scored. But they kicked for touch, and six tackles later, they scored a try mm. to Fogarty. And then, and then, if you go to the second try where Jareem Buller dropped a bomb on on the tackle before the bomb, okay, uh, they uh, someone ran up for a hit up, and he deemed that the player knocked the ball out of his arm where he knocked it on into our player and then it ricocheted backwards. And then from the next play, they put a bomb up. Uh, you know, there's uh, so many things affect a game. So I, I just, it was like not just one try, it was all three tries had some sort of effect from the referee.
0: Sorry, I just had to cough and mute myself, but totally agree. I uh, just say Cleveland. Well,
2: sorry. <clears throat> sorry, guys. Yeah. I will Also, well, blah. I'll also mention on top of that, Rob, um, in the lead up to that set where Canberra scored their, their first try of the second half, the, the main one we're talking about here, Four um, there was there was that knock-on call off the kick mm. return um, where it was basically tapped back about, I'd say, probably on the two, like two metres out from the goal line, and then it was caught by a, another player on the goal line. So how they call that a knock-on, I have yeah. no bloody clue. Well, I, I,
1: I think I think even before that tackled uh, Aaron as well. If you want to go further, there was a forward pass from the exactly yeah. Yeah. from the left center to the left winger, before. And, and then and then even I don't know if we can see it again or, or how it all works, but I, I know he's kind of run through the line, but Fogarty runs behind his own player before he puts the kick in.
2: He does. There's like so, four rule breaks the, the, and like a, incorrect. That's what in I mean.
1: It's run. a bit. It's a bit like the kickoff yeah. against the Cowboys last year. We, we got them for standing in front of the player and, you know, Kyle felt flopping. Yeah. And, yeah, there was a number of things we could have could have gone our way and they didn't. So they just missed like a, a few things. It's, I mean, they can't rule on the forward pass, obviously, but Fogarty running behind his own player, yeah, that's just – anyway, I don't know. I, and what, I don't know what job is the
2: touchy to... doing if they're not calling a forward pass that's that close to the goal line? Mm. And right in the front, front of them. Line. Yeah, right in front of them.
0: Uh, Just say Cleveland here uh, in the comments. He's saying the adjudicators are sellouts to online gambling firms. To do anything, change the outcome or an assistant outcome as desired by the NRL. Look, I don't buy into this whole it's rigged uh, for gambling. I know it did actually happen in the NBA about twenty years ago. They had a um, a referee giving uh, what was he doing? He's basically getting giving giving people tip tip offs on who certain games whatever and he got done and jailed and what whatever but the the thing about this like blaming gambling is there's so many different gambling outlets that be holding different amount of money on each team who which gambling outlet are they routing it for there's so many different ones like how would it be be rigged for a certain result that would make more money for for the the bookies because different bookies make different amount of money on certain games. Like is there certain ones that and there's ads, sports bet, they all they all advertise during the rugby league. It's not like they're affiliated with a single betting uh betting firm. Just this whole uh yeah rigged via gambling thing. I, I I won't cop that because it's just it doesn't doesn't make any sense. But um well, if you watch that game
1: Josh if you watch that game from where we were the amount of you know the Canberra players were literally molesting us in the play of the ball. They were offside all night. If you, if you had that sort of conspiracy theory that was just put up on screen, you'd say that the conspiracy is that they want a low-scoring game and they want the unders, which was forty-two and a half or whatever. So if that was the theory, why would they award the try to to Fogarty? Yeah, you know uh, I mean? like it just—I just, just, just don't—I don't buy that. I mean, I know I, I I do believe where there's money, there's corruption, and. I know that players could, you know, make half their salary, you know, by rigging a game and stuff like uh, that, right? Tandy but I, style, yeah. But yeah, but I just don't, I just don't buy in. But I don't buy into it in, in this in this instance yeah. because if that was the case, why did Canberra get a player sin bin? Why did we hit the lead? Why did we nearly win the game? So it, I don't know. Anyway,
0: uh, there's a little bit more of Graham Annesley
3: here. I'll just, I'll just let the rest of it play here. Viewed by the bunker. Uh, you know, some people believe that this was missed by the bunker, it wasn't missed by the bunker, it was reviewed. And the the view that the bunker arrived at was that, um, in their view, Brooks uh, stops competing for the ball. Uh, so, if we look at it at normal speed, uh, you'll see that he's, he definitely slows down as he turns there, just before the collision. Uh, but there's no rule in the book that says you have to keep running, uh, or that you have to keep running at a certain speed. Uh, whether Brooks was aware of Gula coming behind him or not, uh, we'll never know. But the fact is, regardless of any of that, uh, if a player a player has options, he can either go around a player who's in front of him, another chaser, uh, but you just can't simply extend your arms and push him over.
0: So, Graham Anderson, he's basically, what he's saying is, the bunker saw it and still got it wrong. That is worse the bunker, the man it pushed with the button, the official up, calling the shots in the game, who should know the rule book up and down, thought wrongly, thought like what happened, like he he ruled it wrong. It's not like he if he had a missed it, be like okay, he just he missed it. It'd be still hard to take, but the fact he saw it and still didn't didn't do anything about it and got got it wrong by the rule book, Rob. It's just. Inexcusable, like oh, it's yeah, just that, disgusting. that's
1: actually that that really pisses me off hearing that because this is a guy that does first grade every week and he doesn't know the rules. So, so we need we need multiple people in that bunker and let them have a little argument amongst themselves if they can't get it right. Because, I mean, there was also an incident where you know, uh, I think who was it? It was a uh, Fanua Pole, uh, got the ball off a pass from Buller and Buller got taken out, not illegally, but taken out by. Um, J- Jordan Rapana, and nothing was done about that. And and back on uh, Adam G, I mean, I watched the women's state of origin the night before, and he made some absolute howlers, absolute mm. howlers. Like someone made a break, kicked the ball downfield, got smashed, and he said no penalty. It was it was play on. Like he, I mean, yeah, it's just scary. If that guy's a first grade referee, then we've got problems because he doesn't know the rules, and there's no. There's no grey area in this matter. It's not about whether he plays for the ball. He's he doesn't have to get out of his way. He's not running him off the ball. He's just an object on the field, and you just can't push another player over illegally. Just he may as well have you know. You can't belt a player in the face if he's not involved in the play. There's certain things you're just not allowed to do, and and that's that was clearly a push to gain an advantage to try and get to the ball quicker. It's a clear penalty. I don't know why there's any argument over this and why people are saying he wasn't playing at the boards. He can stand where he wants. What if the ball was going to ricochet backwards off the upright? So he, he doesn't have to, Brooks doesn't have to move out of the way. It's an awful call. He's
2: basically terms- come up with his own interpretation of the rule, like his own blatantly incorrect interpretation of the rule to award the tri- or to confirm the try that had already been awarded.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's just so wrong. And in terms of the on-field referee, uh, I mean, just letting Canberra like he obviously blew he blew penalties, like Canberra fans will defend it saying the blew penalties, he simbindus It took him 72 minutes or what sorry, 60, what was 68 it? 60, minutes. 68, 68 minutes to actually do something about it. You watch the whole game, they're just all over it they're just testing him and testing him. It just early on, he should have just got on top of it. And Canberra, like credit to them, they've they come came in with a game plan. To say, all right, we've seen the West Tigers get a roll on against the Cowboys last week. We're just going to test the referee, see if he'll let us slow him down. And it just our attack didn't do it. As much as um, you could say it was a symbiote, the reason why we scored, we didn't really, sc- we scored up the middle. So it wasn't like we scored on an overlap. Like, obviously, it still makes it harder to defend um, and gaps become a little bit wider. But it's not like we went around them with a, with a, four on three or whatever like it it just the, the Canberra raiders stopped laying all over in the rock and the game opened up and we went bang 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 so it's just a shame you didn't get on that earlier.
2: Yeah which is like what I said to you on the on the way back to your car josh like they obviously went in there with that game plan to say we're gonna slow them down and it really screwed our attack. Normally after two or three set restarts or penalties the the team that's doing it would get a warning like hey Enough's enough, but he just let them get away with it over and over and over and over again. We were we were baying for penalties, baying for set restarts all game, and we weren't getting them because they were just they were just laying all over us. They weren't giving us a chance to attack, which I guess was a good game plan because it ended up winning them the game.
0: Hundred percent, righto. Uh, let's see. We'll keep on this theme, so we could play some Sheenzy press uh, conference quotes. Let's talk about, hear what Sheenzy said, had to say about the referee.
4: Well, yeah. I'll make my comments to the referees. But, yeah, I've got a couple of issues for sure. Anything? No, I'm not going to blow up. Ricky does that and costs him 10 grand, so I'm not going to do that today. But I'll make my say don't worry about that.
0: Rob, the club's in a pretty good financial uh, situation at the moment. Could we not fork out 10 grand for Sheenzy? To have a crack here, it turned it turned out he would have been right anyway. Can you get fined when you actually uh, say something correct?
1: I think you can get fined. Yeah, you're bringing the game into disrepute. He's done. Sheen's has done the right thing there. I mean, I'm sure he would have spoken uh, pretty enthusiastically to whoever's in charge there about some of the decisions. And obviously, Graham Annesley's come out with that one. But I'm just curious to know if they if they question any of the other decisions. The you know the Jake Simkin offside on the last tackle that was huge. Uh, as I said earlier, the Steph uh, hand hand in the in the ruck sort of thing, um, the knock on before the play the ball for the bomb that the, the buller dropped. There there were so many issues, but yeah, I, I think that Aaron nailed it on the head. Normally a team gets a warning after a few indiscretions. Most of those six against that we got, and I think we got about eight of them. That happened in, in, like, our attacking red zone. And, like, who cares? Like, the Roosters won a premiership off the back of that, giving away penalties. We didn't have six against back then, but they, they were the most penalised team in the comp, and they won the comp. So it just shows that if you, if you keep teams out, hmm. you're better off just giving away penalty after penalty after penalty and, yeah. and you know, wearing, wearing the referee down. But, yeah, I mean, if we'd have got a sin bin earlier, it would have helped. And he could have awarded a sin bin again later. So... I mean you want to go further too guys I mean Brooks he shanked a field goal on full time the bloke dived at his legs like where's the mm. penalty there you know and it, I I know if Brooks had gone down you know like a nine pin yeah. you know we, we might have got the penalty instead of just standing up and and looking disconsolate he, maybe he's got to play the game and act a bit and fall over and 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 go on with some theatrics but yeah there's just no consistency guys and it was just Look, I mean, I'll be honest, I had a really good seven or eight minutes. <laughs> like, it was yeah. It was actually great to, to have those emotions. And I never thought we were dead. But, I mean, at 18-0, I thought, man, we're in serious trouble. But once we got that try, I'm like, we're going to come back here. Like, I, you know, you could just feel it because we competed all game. And, yeah, just just more heartbreaking that it's really going to yeah. be hard to make the top eight. Like, that's just that's just a huge hiccup because, you know, we, if we could have beaten Gold Coast, and then I think we've got to buy – I mean, you're almost caught up, you know, so.
0: Yeah. And they have a Brooksy, Brooksy game winner This would have been, like his confidence would have gone up another step. Like this would have been unbelievable. Uh, here's Sheenzy talking about. Hey, sorry, the... sorry,
2: Josh. Yeah, so Another guys. thing on those six agains, Rob. I said this to Josh in the car on the way back. Out of those eight six agains we got, <laughs> only two of them were later than the second tackle. Yeah. So we, we were getting them. Almost all of them were on tackle one or tackle two. We got one that yeah. I think might have been tackle five, one that was tackle four. Yeah, so but they they, like...
1: they, they just played the ref to a T, Aaron. Like I mean, it's yeah. it's not a it's not a make or break moment. But do you remember when in the second half when uh, Appy tried to pass the ball to Ice and he basically passed it into a Canberra player? Like yeah. they they were they were two meters in front of the try line before Appy Appy you know got the Absolutely play. The Absolutely, they were. So, yeah. I mean, the ref could have blown a penalty there or a sin bin there. Like, they were just constantly offside the whole time and it was just blatant, really, blatant really, really, really frustrating. And I thought, man, you know what? Like, maybe we should do the same thing because in the ruck, they were slowing us down heaps and, and we weren't and hmm. we need to be better than that. We need to adjust to the, how the referees are refereeing on the night. If they're holding us down and getting away with it, then we should be able to get away with it too. Mm. Uh, he's we
2: had slower play the balls for the night because of the fact that they kept holding us down. When that's a stat mm. we've won probably uh, I'd say nine times out of the 11 games prior. Yeah,
0: they're probably. They're probably obviously scouted that heading into the game. Are they A bit more sheensy.
4: Results. We, we, we always looked like we needed to score to get our rhythm and didn't until that time. Once we did, we were on our, we, we got the confidence back into the group. So uh, I could see the frustration in the first half. You know, we're, drop a ball or have it go wrong, kick it dead, that sort of thing. Had a few things. And then, um, uh, so once we scored, you could see the confidence come back in. The fact they had tournament at the time obviously helped. Yeah.
0: Rob, pretty similar to what you were saying, standing next to me when we are watching that all happen.
1: Yeah, it, fe- it felt like if we got a try, like it was, it was going to click. But, you know, it, it, people say, like I'm talking in hindsight and I don't want to harp on it too much. But last week, when you ask who's going to win i said it depends if carussel plays or not okay and what as as much as everyone's putting in and everyone's trying their hardest there's a real simple rule about the west tigers this year everything starts and finishes with appy carussel appy needed to start that game it was it was humongous even from the first set that he took the field you could see our attack looked different we went 65 metres up the field where we were struggling to make metres prior to him getting on. I just think that whole thing was an absolute screw-up. Uh, I don't know if you've got it on the presser, Josh, but uh, Sheens later on in the presser said, when, when questioned about Jake Simpkins' performance, he said, oh, look, he hasn't been getting too many minutes over the weeks because appy has been playing most of the game or all of the game. So, you know, he was kind of found out a bit physically. He goes, I wanted to bring Appy on 10 minutes later but we mm. felt we had to bring him on early because Abby came on after 22 and a half minutes mm. and I'm thinking to myself so that that's another reason besides my own personal reasons. If Jake wasn't hundred percent fit to do that, it's even more logical by what Sheens has said to start Abby Coruscant, bring Jake on with 10 or 15 before half time, let him play his 15 minutes and get it and then he gets half time where he gets a 10 minute or so breather. And then let him start and play the first ten or fifteen of the second half, and get him off and let Appy finish the game because that game could have turned out so differently if Appy started. Who knows? We might have been up twelve nil. Mm. We might have been up twenty four nil. Then we could have rested Appy for an even longer time. But you got to start in a game defining, a season defining game. You got to have your best player there. I, I, and you know, and, and you know, oh, but he played Origin Wednesday night. What's the difference between starting Appy? Friday night at eight o'clock, or Friday night at eight thirty—like it's literally half an hour difference. There's no, there was just—it was so frustrating, and and you can see what a difference he made. And Appy looked as fit as a fiddle, and and he played right through, and he ended up playing fifty-seven minutes. So, I just think it was a poor decision, and and yeah, it, we're, it's, we're stuck with it now. But and it's easy to say in hindsight, but this happened against the Gold Coast. We dominated early, we had some red zone opportunities in the first round in the Gold Coast, we couldn't take advantage of them. We needed Appy there from the start, guys. It was it was yeah. it was a poor decision to rest him or, or start him from the bench. And and you know, people come at me and say, Well, other teams did it. I don't care about other other teams. This is us, this was our grand final. We had to win it. I just think we were giving um the Canberra Raiders a big boost by knowing that we were most likely going to be playing from behind. By not starting Appy Coruscant. and and Jake Simpkin had an opportunity to to show us he's going to be our first grade hooker in three years or so and unfortunately I'm a big fan of Jake Simkin but he just really had a poor game he was awful he was quite awful
0: Uh I'll play I won't bother with the Sheens talking about Simkin there because you pretty much quoted it for me I'll t- I'll play the uh, Sheens talking about Appy. In next month?
4: Yeah, well, he let me know from the, when we made the comments sent out. Did he want to come off? He soon let me know what he thought. So I respected that, um, as did Bench. So, um, no, no, I, I praised him after it, and he, he, he doesn't like to hear these sort of things. We always gave him a, a big hand, as did everyone in the dressing room. That's a great effort to come back and lead us from the front. Um, so, uh, yeah, as we say, as he said, and I said it in the sheds you know learn from the mistakes we made and learn from the bad luck and other things you've got to live with those things not every not every decision you get when you should get them um but um it's called it's called experience and so the younger blokes need to learn from that the older blokes know what i'm talking about and so we've just got to get back on the horse for for, uh, next week
0: has anything to uh point out from that one
4: uh Rob's pretty much
2: covered it all already. I think it was absolutely admirable that Appy played as many minutes as he did. Um, not only that, but Sheen's wanting to take him off towards the end of the game. Now, my question about this was, had he given up on the game or did he really think Jake could come back on towards the end of the game and somehow pull something out of his ass for us? I'd, hope, I'd be hoping he was thinking the second, but I don't think any of us would have been thinking that. It w- because to me that comes across as giving up on the game when our captain is being taken off at the game with like 15 minutes to go or whenever it was, not long before we started our little run.
1: Appy should have been given the chance to lead us from the front. He didn't get the chance to lead us from the front. He got the chance to lead us after 22 and a half minutes. Just like the first game of the year, we've got a new captain of the club, want to set the tone for the season. We start him on the bench. Look, I love I love this 2023 team. I love the squad. I love how they're gelling. It's probably the first time since our inception that I've seen our team play for each other every week with we total commitment. I couldn't even say that about 2005 or 2010. Like 2005, you know, the two weeks before the semis, we had like 72 points combined put on us. In 2010, put 50 on us. Like, this team gives us all. They're, they're playing for their coaches. This is the sort of thing that we hired Jason Taylor for, Michael Maguire for. We haven't been able to get this effort, this play for each other, this, you know, you know, win at all costs sort of try and be there for each other every minute of the game. Like, this 18-0 would have turned into 42-0, you know, three or four years ago. It, it doesn't happen now, guys. We've got players improving. We've got players wanting to be in that team. we got guys we thought were reserve graders starting in the team. There's so many good things about this club right now. But tactically, guys, we, we've got to be better. We, we've got to start with this <laughs> player. You know, I, I don't think all these guys did a pre-season and have gone through 13 or 14 rounds or whatever we've played now to just say, you know what, let's give up our season and start him on the bench. I know they thought they could win with Appy playing from the bench, but it was an absolute boneheaded decision to start him from the bench, guys. And and there's no one – no one will talk me out of that. I am I was just devastated when he started from the bench.
0: Yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the rest of the news. But first, I've got to tell you, as we uh, head into our next game, Thursday night against the Titans, the best place is to watch it uh, best place to watch it is at West Ashfield, part of the Holman Barnes Group. You can even grab a bite to eat at the Garden Bistro or walk on the Chinese restaurant there before the game. Uh, I think kickoffs at about eight o'clock for Thursday night, so plenty of time. Uh, knock off from maybe go straight from work, get something to eat, and then watch the game on the big screen. Uh, for more information, visit holmanbarnesgroup.com.au holman Barnes group bringing people together uh righto we uh a bit more luke brooks talk so there's a bit of talk that the leeds rhinos and some Super league clubs over in england are looking at luke brooks who is off contract next year rob i um said it to someone on twitter today it would be very west tigers that i feel like they've the majority of the fan base has come around on Luke Brooks, and rightly so. He's been very good for several weeks in a row now. It'd be very West Tigers that let they let him go now, and we'd all be pissed off about it, whereas the last couple of years, the majority of the fan base were calling for it.
1: Yeah, look, I mean, Brooks, you know, had an outstanding running game the other night. There, there was still a couple of kicks that could have been better, but, I mean, I don't know. He had, he had over 200 metres running. Um, He looked really threatening. I thought he took a lot of right options, uh, nailed that field goal or the first field goal attempt. Um, Yeah, it would be West Tigers. I mean, we got rid of Joe Offangawi when he's probably hitting the best form of his time at the Tigers. So, you know, why wouldn't we get rid of Luke Brooks? I I guess it's going to come down to who we got in mind to replace him. But honestly, guys, I'm a believer in, I mean, they might not be the perfect halves or whatever, but we're seeing Wakeham and Brooks playing really well together now. Uh, Adam Dewey's is going to be out pretty much all of next year. So if they're playing well and we're we're getting close and we're winning some games, we won three out of our last five. I don't know why don't why don't you stick with them unless you're getting Mitch Moses or you know Jerome Hughes or someone like that. Like who's who's going to come to our club now and and play number yeah. seven unless Wakeham moves to seven and then you're bringing in a five eight from somewhere else. I don't know, but uh, really happy with Brooks's game the other night overall. I thought Wakem. Wake him all Wakeham lacks is just being able to run. You know what I mean? Like he's got about ten meters in him, but he doesn't really—he doesn't have much speed, unfortunately. We saw that against the Cowboys and we saw it against the Raiders. But other than that, he was outstanding the other night too. So uh, I, I don't know, guys. I don't know what the plan is, but yeah, we're, I guess Luke Brooks's contract runs out this year, so the club has to make a call on whether they're keeping him or not.
0: As what do you think the club should do with Brooksy?
2: At the moment, I'm saying I think the club should keep him, especially without Adam Dewey. We definitely need those combinations to – Um, we, we need to keep developing those combinations and then not chop and change, which we've just done year after year after year. As for Luke potentially leaving to go to the Super League, I don't think he would. Like, he's only mm. just recently had his daughter. Oh, he's baby. got a young family. I don't think he'd ship that family yeah. over – to the UK, so he can keep playing. I think he'd want to stay in Australia, and whether that's with us or with another team, I think that's what he'd end up doing.
0: Yeah, I um, I feel like something will get done, and they'll expand, even if it's a one-year extension or something.
1: I, think I don't it think it'll be me. one year, Josh. I think I think it's a minimum two years, or he's gone. And and Sheens has said he wants to keep him, and whether Sheens is the the mouthpiece for Benji or not. It doesn't really matter. Like, I think Benji's been in in Brooks's corner. You know, we all we all advocated Hastings was a better option than, than Brooks, and now Brooks is starting to find a bit of form. It'd be it'd be pretty mad to get rid of him without having a, a, a ready made replacement. We've just had Sean Johnson knock us back a week ago, so I, I don't I don't know what the go is from here really. Yeah, Rob, how much think-
2: money would you say Brooks is worth at the moment? Ignore the fact he hasn't played finals in ten years at the club. Based on the way he's playing at the moment, what do you what would you offer him if you were in charge of the books?
1: It's it's a hard one to answer, Aaron, because it's it's a bit like supply and demand. I mean, if, for example, we knew that one of those other players I've mentioned, like a Moses or a Johnson, was coming to our club, then, you know, Brooks' manager is gonna offer him for a lot less. Okay, because he knows there's options there. But I think the fact that they know there's the halves options are limited at the moment, like they're very scarce. Uh, I guess he'll probably, probably be looking about the 750 mark.
2: 750 is probably what I was, would have been thinking because he's on what 1.1 mil at the moment. And that started off as a 800 K at the start of this most recent contract, I think.
1: Yeah. But I mean, the other thing too, guys, I mean, if we won, you know, eight or so more matches this year, then, and he still hasn't signed with us by then, then he's, showing his value and he's showing that he he can fulfill that potential and yeah would offer him a bit more. So a lot's gonna depend on on icing these moments late in the game.
0: Benjamin Barrett says five hundred K tops. Yeah, in the modern game for a halfback, the, the cap going up five hundred K mate, that's what that's what you pay for like basically like a you got probably got center like you got centres that are probably fringe first graders on five hundred K. Five hundred K is nothing now it's going to be several hundred thousand dollars it's not, it might not be a million but he's going to get a uh, yeah probably in the 7s maybe 8s yeah, i mean like i
2: him. think the minimum wage for the development players it has even gone up to like 124,000 from 89,000 yeah. or something like that so yeah you're definitely not having. you're not having a half of 500k
0: yeah uh another story that made me uh scream like homer simpson hence the uh the picture I added to the graphic behind my man Sean Bloor here. There is rumors that he's uh could be looking for another club. I don't think I haven't really dug too much into it, but I think it's just a little bit of a nudge saying, Hey, give give my client some playing time to show what he's what he's worth. And fingers crossed that actually does happen. But um I don't know what do you boys think. I think I, I don't think it um, has too much to it. What do you reckon, Rob?
1: Honestly, I, I think if he's not going to get an opportunity, he should go. Um, he's too talented to be playing New South Wales Cup. Uh, you know, he should be. Honestly, he'd make a starter in most teams. But at the very minimum, he should be on the bench. Uh, guys like Alex Saifarth, I know he tries hard, but honestly, guys, it's it's just like it's just a yeah. waste. Of a, it's a waste of a spot. Alex Saifarth is kind of like, you know, I don't know, he's just he's just a figure, you know, he's like the blue man group. <laughs> he's just a, he just figs, you know, fills a spot that he, he has no impact. Like he works hard, he tries hard, but we need a bigger body, someone with a bit more creativity, someone that can offload the ball. Yeah, just I, like Sean Bloor's too dynamic just to be playing. He's too good for cup. He's too good for cup. I know I know his last game against Parramatta wasn't great, but I don't think he's getting the love that he should be getting.
2: He he really should be in the team.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. there anything to add?
2: No, I agree with that. I I hope he stays. I think he needs to be in the team over maybe someone like Alex Safarth, because I think Safarth's a second rower as well. And I think Bloor um Can play brings, in the middle. Brings you know? yeah, brings more to the team, more options as well than Safarth does.
0: Yeah, definitely a lot more versatility. I mean, the amount of the offloads he was pumping out, he was good in the trials too and that. Anyway, I'm biased. A uh, bit more game analysis. So, obviously, uh, lost 2019. Uh, 11,000. What was my prediction pre-game as you asked me? What do you thought? I think I said 9 or 10. So, I was pretty close to the mark there. That's pretty good for a Friday night out west where you're going to fight the traffic.
2: Crowd. It was a great yeah, crowd. It was an awesome crowd considering they didn't even show us on screen what the crowd figure was. Hmm. Um, just before we get into the game news as well, I've got one more piece of news that we hadn't mentioned yet. Oh, of course, yeah, guys. Uh, so, uh, when the NRLW contracting period started, after all of that issue with the um, the agreement that had to be made and all that stuff was sorted, uh, they announced that after the at the end of the contracting period, they'd reveal the contract lengths of all the players. Um, that have been signed. So like one year contracts, two year contracts, three year contracts, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I thought I'd point out a few notable uh, contract links for the players in our club. So our three marquee players, the first three we signed. So out of those three, uh, Kezi Apps and Sarah Tokatuki both signed three year contracts. So I'm really pleased to see that they see their future at the, at our club as being fairly long-term. Uh, Bo vetti Welsh just signed a two-year contract, uh, which I think is excellent as well, considering she's coming off an ACL Rico uh, this year to prove herself, next year to show what she can really do. Uh, both of the Curtin sisters, who are probably my two favourite signings in the squad, have also signed two-year contracts, mm-hmm. as has friend of the show, Tess Staines. Um, you've got a few of the I'm others just... as well. <laughs> you've got a few of the others as well, like the ones who have been coming through the grades, like Lozana Lutu, Nevada George. Uh, some of those other girls have signed two-year contracts. Um, A couple of the other Parramatta signings have as well, and we've got a whole bunch of one-years, but I have a feeling that was probably like a requirement that a lot of contracts at the club need to be one-year because they don't know when they're going to um, expand the competition more. And obviously when that happens, they'll need to have a few players that the – at least a few players from every club that – Uh, teams can get in contract talks with. So I have a feeling there's that the reason for that is that one. But, yeah, I'm just really pleased to see some of those girls like Kezi and Sarah have committed long-term. We've got a third three-year contract in Christian Pio as well. So happy for those girls and looking forward to seeing what they can do at the club for however long they're here.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Can't wait to watch the girls when that season kicks off. Uh, I did just notice Joey Lulash has dropped... Uh, a link in the discord Danny Widler's reporting that uh, nottha Simkin and Bloor could be offloaded. So mm, okay
1: yeah and- I, I, look I, a few people are sending me messages while while we're doing this. I'm sorry I can't I'm not uh, young enough to be able to message you back and 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 sort of uh, do this pot at the same time. but I'm getting word that uh, Taylor de Silva. Talon De Silva might be named tomorrow in place of Jake Simpkin on the bench.
0: Mm. Well, um, we were, we, so we were told we were told he was pretty close to um, – like they were actually going to play him last Friday. So, but Yeah,
1: I, I don't think Jakey did himself any favours last Friday night. Unfortunately, mm. that was, yeah, going to take a while to recover from that one.
0: Uh, yeah, it'd be sad to see Jakey go. But, yeah, I think Talon De Silva's obviously – the, uh, the next Robbie Farrah. So Surprising
1: uh, to see that we'd offload Noffer, given how he's playing, guys. He's playing out of his skin.
0: Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, very really, well, I guess. Really know.
2: surprising. The, the not, the, yeah, the Noffer of the 2017-2018 period is back, and and the 2020 Noffer that um won Dally M Winger of the Year as well. It's good to see that Noffer back and enjoying his footy and being, being a real part of the team. So I'd be really disappointed to see noffa go on current form.
1: So it was Noffa Bloor, and who was the third name mentioned there? Simkin. Simkin, okay. Well, that, those hmm. two make sense. But Noffa, I mean, maybe it's it's about the money that he's on. But, I mean, gee, they'll get top dollar for him if he does leave. But, yeah, I I, I don't want to see him go. I, I I love this, the the Noffa renaissance at the moment. He's been outstanding.
0: Yeah, and I hope that's not the club just giving up on the season as well. I know mathematically, we're...
1: I think it is, oh. Oh, if you get rid of Joe off Angowie for no one in place of him, you're giving up on the season. I mean, not the yeah. coaches, certainly aren't the players, aren't but I'm just saying that's an over overriding view that they've just kind of decided, you know, well, let's let's prepare for 2024,
0: 2024. and beyond. Uh, a few stats from the game 54% pers- possession for the uh, West Tigers in this one. As do you want to read up some of the stats? So I'm my voice is just absolutely running out, so I might save it a bit. Can you see them on the screen there?
2: I can see them, yep. I'll, I'll read them out for you. You
0: would have to do all of them. Just kind of skim <laughs> over what ones Keys, the you The key think. ones. The key ones, yeah.
2: So uh, run meters, we won that count by about 650, 2016 to uh, 1365. Post contact meters, we had an almost an extra 150 on them, 549 to 406. Probably my favorite stat of the game, our seven line breaks to their none which means we defended absolutely admirably and all three of their tries came off basically fluky kicks. Uh, 50 tackle breaks to 18. We were we were getting a lot of those. I think a lot of those probably came within that last 15-ish minute period when we really started to get our run on. Um, yeah, kick return meters, they, they were fairly close, but this was the other one that the key lost stat was the average play the ball speed. They were about a third of a second faster than us.
1: It was noticeable too, watching that on the replay today, Aaron. They they just seem to be getting on a roll with their play the balls, especially in the first half.
2: Yep.
0: Man, the tackle breaks and line breaks—that's insane for a losing team. Seven seven nil line breaks and then fifty to eighteen in tackle breaks, and we lose. That's that's crazy.
1: Yeah, we, we need we need we need our back to back up a little bit better. We Like, that mm. that break that um, when Buller put uh, Polley away and he had Papali'i in support, I mean, there were no backs yeah. with him, really. You know, that, that they're the sort of breaks that need to be finished off. And even we ended up scoring a couple of tackles later, but Brooks made a break late in the game and gave it to Wakeham. Like, Wakeham should be scoring there. He just doesn't have the speed to get there. But we, we scored a couple of tackles later anyway, but it's not the point. Like, we've got to ice those, those moments. And that's where you charlie Staines, those sort of guys if they're floating around it's a try mm.
0: uh offloads 11 to 5 so yeah up on that one as well so yeah another game where i mean the completion rates uh obviously well down and that's that's a huge 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 reason but um man that's just the attacking football was backed uh tackle efficiency uh what we've we got missed Raiders had fifty missed tackles to they eighteen more for than us. Matt.
2: Yeah. So uh-huh. yeah, missed tackles and tackle breaks are the reverse stats of each other. So eighteen to fifty is as opposed uh-huh. to fifty to eighteen for the tackle breaks. So those ones awesome. need to change. But um, even guys at eighteen nil, even even when we were down eighteen
1: nil, like you like you could see the boys are ripping in and they're going set for set. And the eighteen nil was not an indication of the game, which is why I always had hope if we could if we could just bust them, I mean, yeah, sadly, it took a sin bin to to really do that. But, you know, I thought the boys competed from the beginning really well. There was just really poor execution till Appy came on.
0: Yeah. Uh, a few leaders in stats. So for tackles, Johnny Bateman had 46 with just two missed. Clemmer uh, had 33, none missed. 31 to Steph, none missed. And 31 for Appy Coruscant with two missed there. Uh, other leaders, uh, Noffa had the most tackle breaks with 11. Uh, Drew Buller had the most run meters, 245. But Brooksy wasn't far behind him. I think Brooksy was only about 15 or something behind him, which is pretty uh, incredible for Brooksy. Uh, post-contact meters, uh, Isaiah Puppley had 53. He was running the ball uh, yeah, like a menace all night as well. That uh, Does that kind of stand out to you? Boys of Papa, I know he's people are expecting more from him. I thought he was going to score when he uh crashed over in the corner, but obviously he went put his foot over the line early in the game.
1: Yeah, look, he's he's playing really strongly. I just I, we just haven't found the way to put him in holes. And I don't, I don't think you know how how we've always or the coaches have said it's taken us a long time to adjust to Appy Coruscant and to learn how he plays, etc. I don't think some of our boys have adjusted to Isaiah Papa Lee. He's got his arm free at will all the time. Like someone needs to be running off him constantly, like just yeah. looking for that short ball. We, we, I just don't think, you know, I, I know how good he is. We're just not seeing that eliteness from him, but we're certainly seeing the effort from him, especially the last six weeks or so. And, Unfortunately, too much effort the other night because it cost us a penalty to that probably cost us a game. But that that was just you know out of enthusiasm. But yeah, if he had his time again, I don't think he'd be doing that.
0: Uh, here's the heartbreaking thing to look at the table where uh, four no sorry six points we would have been four points out of the top eight. Eighth is the Dolphins at the moment. So as just man just an extra two points there, and we would have jumped what uh, we would have jumped the Bulldogs and the Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys as well. And then being, the Eels got – man, the Eels are so far down. Their forwarding against is so good. Um, but, yeah, tie with the Eels. Only one point behind Knights and Seagulls. Two behind and only
2: two points behind the team we're playing, playing
0: next, next. So
1: we
2: yeah, yeah, so we and Canberra would be back to 16 as well, so yeah, that Canberra would actually be in eighth, so it really was yeah. a four point swing this game, and that's the thing that hurts the most about the loss. Is mm. Canberra, the Dolphins, the Warriors, those are the teams in the bottom three spots in the top eight right now, they're the ones we're really, really battling with, as well as these teams in ninth, tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and even thirteenth. Um, they're the ones we're all battling with for those spots in the top eight. And to lose one, which was against one of those teams we're fighting with, is a real, real painful way to lose, especially mm. the manner of the loss, the fact it was a one-point loss. Yeah, it's just bit bit crushing, really.
0: Oh, just, that's
1: an understatement.
2: Yeah, don't uh, worry, boys.
1: Graham Ennisleys apologised. I feel better. That
2: yeah. makes it all better, doesn't it, Rob? Yeah, definitely. Uh,
1: one...
0: A uh, one group of people that can make things better is mobile corp so mobile mobile corp support local businesses by managing their it their networks and their mobile devices if you are a local business owner looking for a partner who will take away the hassle of dealing with it issues make sure you have cyber security in place and handle all your mobile device needs then mobile corp can help mobile Corp. is a family-run business and long-time supporter of the West Tigers, reach out to our friend Stephen and the team at Mobile Corp, and check out mobilecorp.com.au for more info. That's mobilecorp.com.au. Can they send me a new throat? That'd be um is that part <laughs> of it? That would help me a lot. uh New South Wales Cup: The boys got a come-from-behind win at Lickham Oval on Saturday afternoon. Dane Laurie with two tries in the second half, which is much better than the usual choking lead that the um, the Maggies have done this year. I don't know if you boys saw any of this game. There was no stream or anything. I would have gone to this, but I had a um, family birthday up the Central Coast. I was in Terrigal when this was on, but I would have gone and watched it around the corner down at Lickham. Did anyone have anything, any eyes on this? game?
2: Okay. No, not at all. Not no.
0: Um if anyone does keep an eye on Cup, uh yeah, we can only we only have so much time to spend and when there's no stream that we can watch, then um it's pretty hard for us to cover it. But they're sitting in ninth place now, the West Magpies are so yeah, could well sneak into is it the top eight? I ask this every week as is the top eight for Cup.
2: They've been a top six the last few years. Um, okay. I don't know if they're sticking with that or if they've gone back to the top eight, but we probably should just at least for now assume it's a top okay. six.
0: Well, they're only a point behind six. So, well in the hunt, the Magpies, long way to go in that season. So, fingers crossed, Sean Blore doesn't play too many more games. So, they're plays first grade as well. Our Jersey flag boys, they went down to the Sharkies uh, over in Cronulla at Boys Bet Stadium. They were leading 4-0 at halftime, but, uh, yeah, got run down on, uh, yeah, on the 67th sixty seventh minute, so pretty much on the bell. There's 70 minutes flag, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So basically, they're in the dying minutes of the game. The the boys dropped that one. So uh, our Fleet boys are sitting in 10th on 12 points, two points behind 7th, so... Um, yeah, bit of a tough ask for the Flick boys, but yeah, let's see what happens in the following weeks. Righto, time for player ratings. As can you take over and read some of these because <laughs> I'm sure not just my vocal cords. I'm sure the listeners are hating <laughs> my voice in the moment too.
2: <laughs> All right, um, are we going to do our usual? What we rate them real quick? Yes. Or what do you rate, Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right, so Jareen Bull is up first. Rob, what did you give him? Uh,
1: look, I'll give him a seven. I, I thought it was a pretty strong game considering the first half um, errors. I don't think he likes that northern side of the ground at Campbelltown, based on the based on the couple of drops against Manly and what he did the other night. But look, he's only young. Uh, you know, hasn't even played ten games yet, and uh, he came back pretty hard. Scored a nice try. Um, yeah, So and, and huge amount of metres he made as well with the ball. So, oh, yeah, I gave him a seven.
2: Yeah, I gave him a seven as well. It's hard to fault a kid who's playing game number six for dropping two balls after what having only dropped one ball in his previous five, inc- which included an absolute um, spiral from, uh, was it Drinkwater? Or whichever Cowboys play who did it two weeks ago. So, I think he's still going pretty solid overall. Um, like you said, he's just a kid. We can't. We we can't expect too much of him yet, but he's he's gone absolutely leaps and bounds ahead of what we probably would have expected. Of, and he had two
1: hundred and forty five like, meters as well, Aaron. So yeah, he, yeah, absolutely insane. Is. Yeah.
2: Um. So he was given a seven and a half. Uh. Nofa, I'll go first. Noffa, I I'd rate him a seven as well. Not one of his best games, but he was pretty solid through the night. Two. Um. Didn't score. Unfortunately, would have been nice to see try one hundred. Um. At Campbelltown, but I think overall he was really solid. He again, he comes out of the line a little bit when he's going to make a tackle, but now he's actually making them stick, and I think that's the most important thing.
1: Yeah, I, I, saw, it, I saw it differently, guys. I, I like being at the sitting next to Josh and on ground level. You're gonna laugh at me, Aaron. I'm not doing it to take the piss. I actually thought he was our best player. Um, I gave him a nine. I, I just like mm, 11 okay. tackle bus, 11 tackle bus. He did miss a tackle, but. I mean, I think all our backs, our outside backs, either miss zero tackles or or, or no tackles. Uh, sorry, zero tackles or one tackle, I should say. Um, but mate, I thought I thought he's outstanding. I, I just, I don't know. I'm just loving what I'm seeing from Nofer. Maybe it's my bias or my loyalty for having watched him for about ten years. But I <laughs> thought he was sensational. I really thought he was. He, he bought it. He absolutely bought it.
0: Let us know in the comments too as we go along, guys. Drop what you think
1: each player should have got
0: kind no, right. You Don't need me for this segment.
2: Yeah, give give yourself a rest. Have a have a have a bit. Yeah, of you range. just throw in your ratings, Josh. You throw I'll in be your up. Yeah. Let, let Aaron I'll, take. I'll over. host. I'll host this segment. You can take over afterwards. <laughs> okay. All right, Stafford Toa, Rob.
1: Uh look, I gave him a seven, but like he was threatening. I mean, he made he made some really good breaks in the second half. Um, they handled him about as well as you could handle him. Uh, the guy's still in rare air, and when if hopefully he gets some space this Thursday night because he'll carve up. So I gave him a seven, but I mean, he's, he's probably playing better than that.
0: I wish the ball okay. had gone out to him on the last second, dying seconds of the game. But I
1: oh, know. gosh. He's I, I think Noffa wanted the cross kick from Appy before Polle before got the ball and turned it back inside. I think there were a number of ways we might have scored on that last play. It was just a little bit of panic just station. Just the hands, yeah. That three-to-one
2: yeah. overlap. I mean, it's easy for that one, I side. can't I can't really blame pole He was probably thinking field goal, and I think most of the team were probably thinking field goal, but Noffa over there on the far wing, he could see the three-to-one overlap. He he knew that we were certainties to score. If Can I ask
1: you guys a wrestling. question that, that that's, I still don't know the answer to? Do you think we were trying to win the game, or do you think we were trying to get a field goal to tie um, it up? Um, because I, I, I actually I actually don't think we knew what we were doing, and I'm yeah. not, I'm, it's, it's not a like super condescending thing. But if you like having watched the game again today, uh, if you see when Wakem gets tackled near where we were sitting, Josh, on the left hand side there, that was the second last tackle. There's 16 seconds left uh, from the play, the ball Brooksy gets it, and Brooksy switches it back to the blind side, back to the left. You would have thought Brooks would have just passed it right for a settler to the post and got himself in position to take the field goal. So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what we were doing there. And and it'd be interesting to know what the talk is, uh, you know, amongst the camp, like if they want Brooks to set up for that field goal or if they were happy that we were throwing it around because we were throwing it around, but it was kind of a little bit headless. Like no one knew what we should actually be doing. And I, I just think, I just think the key play there was Brooks didn't need to turn it back to the blind side. He needed to go to that open side. Someone needed to run at that left-hand post. And while he's running to the left-hand post, Brooksy needed to be getting himself in position ready to take that snapshot.
2: Either that or they throw the ball out wide and Noffa goes in in the corner for the, for the game-winning try. If you're not setting up for a field goal, yeah. Yeah, mm. if you're not setting up for a field goal. Because like like I was saying to Josh in the car on the way back, um, the way it was looking there... Had we gone to ground with maybe what fifteen seconds at the clock on the clock in the middle of the field, because we did have time at that point. We spent that last like fifteen, eighteen, whatever it was, seconds or it around in circles, throwing, yeah. throwing it around mm-hmm. and not knowing what to do with it. And then yeah, just before the siren goes is when we put in a fizzler of a of a kick that Brooks himself had no time to set up for. So yeah. there was no, no way he room. was ever going to make it. But would have been he, a good had way had... for Noffer to get his hundredth try, Aaron.
0: Oh, oh absolutely.
2: A, ga- a game winner for your 100 try. I might have had to give him a 10. <laughs> um, no, but I mean, yeah, if if Brooks had time to set up, like if we had taken a tackle around 10, 15 metres out, Brooksy back around the 25, he slots one easily and we're at least at Golden Point in that case. And we've got yeah. a chance to win it in Golden Point for with maybe a third. I, honestly,
1: like it's, he had a great game, but I really do put that on Brooksy. I think Brooksy needed a. Get, get a forward to play that settler towards the left-hand post and get himself on the other side of the ruck and ready to hit that field goal.
0: Mm. All right, who's next, um, sense
2: So back to Stafford, I rated him a 7 as well. Not the lofty heights that he showed in the game against the Cowboys, but he was still pretty solid. Um, I just don't think he really got enough ball this time mm.
1: around. I agree. And
2: so Noffer, he got a 6.8 overall. Star got a 6.7. Uh, now, Tommy Talau.
1: Yeah, I gave him an eight, guys, and I'm not a Tom Talao fan. I I thought he was unbelievably good, and this is the Tom Talao that we were promised a couple of years ago. So uh, did some really good footwork for uh, Doreen Buller's try. Uh, Tackled strongly, ran really strongly, like into the meat of the Canberra pack when he was taking hit-ups from our own end of the field. Thought he was outstanding, guys, and I didn't want him there this week, so... Uh, good that the coaches are proving me wrong and, and stuck by him, and, and I hope he can back it up this week because NATO's not going to get a run, guys. If if this if our number one to five play like this, naden's going to be uh, cooling his heels for a while. Mm. Mm.
2: I gave Tommy a seven, much for the same reasons. I'm probably being a little bit more biased because of the fact that I don't want him in the team, but oh well. <laughs> my my scores, my rules. He got a six point six. Sure. Uh, Junior Tupo, I've given him a seven as well. I I don't think he got enough ball either. Um, he had a few solid plays. He made a couple of errors. One of them was that knock-on I mentioned before, uh, the set where Canberra scored that try with the Brooks shove. Um, I don't put that on him because that wasn't an error. That was a knockback, but that's just another referee blunder. So I don't fold him for that one.
1: Yeah, I gave, I gave him a seven. Uh, he had 126 metres, a couple of offloads. Surprisingly, he didn't make a tackle and he didn't miss a tackle. So Canberra did not direct anything towards him. Uh, my one criticism in relation to Tupu, which is really giving me the shits because it's something you, you predetermine. You don't do it, you know, in hindsight or post-game. When we hit the lead for 19-18, I do not know why Junior Tupu, the best catcher we have, the best aerial leaper we have, is not contesting that kickoff and he's standing near the left hand corner post instead of being on the 10 meter line like every other good team would have their best catcher there. So that was just, that's just, that's lost in the coach's box there. And that's just terrible. And if we ever get in a situation where we're leading by one again, Junior Tupu needs to be standing 10 metres from halfway, whichever side that ball is going to go to, and be ready to contest the catch, because that's probably where we lost the game, guys. We Someone batted it into touch, Canberra got the ball, and then they got the penalty uh, a few tackles later. So just poor use of Junior Tupu. It really was.
2: Mm. Um, I still, like, don't even know with 100% certainty myself whether or not we actually touched that, whether that was out by us or
3: out no, by No, we camera. did.
2: I watched did. it today. I'm pretty pretty
1: sure Kapoa batted, tried to bat it back to a support. He didn't really bat it back properly. It came off yeah. his hand an angle and, and went okay. in the touch. And no, none of our players complained about it or geed up about it. So yeah. you'd have to assume it's the right decision. Not that, not that we had a challenge left anyway because we stupidly used it within the first five minutes of the game.
0: Short kickoffs and short dropouts just
1: it seems like they
0: never go our way, but anyway,
1: no, but you've got uh, to make your own luck, Josh. You've got to yeah. make your own, you got to put your best players there. You don't, you don't have, you know, I'm not so I don't remember who all the players were there, but like you wouldn't put Danny DeVito there to, to make the catch, you put your tallest yeah. player with the biggest leap, you know, to catch the ball, and that and that that's something you would have worked out in preseason, just like when you do a short dropout or or just even in our red zone attacks, Josh, a lot of times. We got caught on the last tackle – when I say last tackle, the fifth tackle, sorry – the second last tackle on the left side of the field, and we're putting cross-kicks up for Stafford Tower. No disrespect to Stafford. He jumps up and he tries to bat it back, but we're better off trying to run a block shape to the right and setting up the kick for Junior Tupu mm-hmm. on the left and putting an attacking kick for your best catcher. That I don't get why we don't do that enough. I really
2: I really yeah. don't. But anyway. Um, so Tupou got a six point five. Uh, Brandon Wakeham's next. Yeah, I,
1: I gave Wakeham an eight. I mean, I think he missed one tackle all game. His meterage was good, but just the way he was handling those Canberra forwards running at him, uh, you know, a, a nice grubber kick that led to his own try. Um, his goal kicking was good. He's, he's just a bit slow in the open field. As I said, we saw the other night when Brooksy put him through, and we saw against the Cowboys when he when he picked up a loose ball and. And he made it about fifteen meters, but uh I love what he what he's bringing. And and for someone that was signed on a minimum contract, guys, he he could nail this spot if we really wanted to. He, he's mm. playing standingly well.
2: I mean, he's got a lot of time and now to to prove that he deserves that spot into next year with AD out for the rest of the season and into next year. So um, yeah, I, AD I think himself could I think have a mission to come back from.
1: I think there's preconceived ideas, Aaron, which really annoys me. I like. I mean, obviously, like, people look at someone and they say, oh, you're not going to win a grand final with Brandon Wakem at number six. I'd turn around and say, why not? Like, like I, look, I look at these teams now, like your Melbournes and your Penriths, and I'd, I'd be happy to play them at full strength. They don't they don't scare me. Like, I know we've got to be better in attack, but I, I've seen all year our team go set and set with teams, and, and I know Waco can put points on and do cut-out passes and has a nice kicking game and tackles. I mean, there's really not much more you want from your 5'8". I'd rather that than a, a lazy bloke that, in, you know, the playing 5'8 that doesn't try or doesn't put in. So I, I love the way he's come on. And like a lot of our players have come on, you know, not just Wakeham, but Junior Tupu, Bulla, Stafford Toa, We're getting to a point now we've got guys that were fringe players that are improving and showing their worth. And and it's good to see. And I, and I think they deserve that opportunity to keep going.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, I gave Wakem a seven pretty much for the same reasons as you did rob uh give him an eight but i took a point off because his lack of speed and really cost us in the end there i know that's not necessarily his fault um but it was it was pretty hard to watch him get run down like he is an outside back in a in a way in the halves so it was a it was a bit disappointing to see him get run down especially late in the game there wait till you see how fast
1: one shoots is Josh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I don't want to. No, no, <laughs> I don't want do to I. see him in our colours. Nor, nor do I. Uh, Luke Brooks.
1: Uh, look, Brooksie's a tough one because his meterage was—I think it was two hundred and twenty-three meters or something like that. He had—he had probably one of the best running games I've ever seen him have. I thought he took a lot of ride right options uh, in terms of his general play. I thought his kicking. A couple of times were bad, but then he put some really good kicks in. Um, I didn't really see it watching it live, but according to the stats, he missed six tackles, which is surprising. I didn't think he had a bad defensive game to the eye, but um, the stats don't lie, so that was a little bit disappointing. But, yeah, I, I just think that that end of the game, I, I don't know if we were trying to win it, and if we were trying to get a field goal to get it back to 20-all, I, I just think Brooks took the wrong option on that second-last play. He needed to get put a settler get someone to settle the ball near the near the post instead of throwing it back down to the blind side um to wake him and buller and and yeah getting caught on the on the left left hand touchline.
2: Mm. I gave him a 7. Um I really I think the biggest thing for me is the improvement of his running game. I think the first time we saw him really try to start running the ball this year was in the the round 4 loss to Melbourne and a lot of the time in that game it didn't come off because he got caught with it on the last or Um, He'd go down, he'd try to go down the short side and there'd be nothing there. Like there'd be two Melbourne players there stopping him cold, or he'd try to put a grubber through or a little chip kick over the top. And they always defused it. Um, And like the improvements of his running game since then have been absurd. Like in all the games we've won, barring the Penrith game, because that was absolutely belting rain, um, Brucey in his running game has been really strong. And I've really enjoyed watching him go back to that running half that we all know he can be um, where most of his best play comes from. Cause once he gets on the front foot, he's he can be pretty unstoppable if he makes the right decision, but we've gotten a lot of those rocks and diamonds performances where he'll, he'll be diamonds one week. He'll be rocks the next week and he'll be rocks and diamonds the week after, which is kind of what he was on Friday night. So like Josh
1: said said earlier, it's just a shame that, you know, his field goal didn't win the game, you know, besides the fact that it keeps us within range of making the finals and all that sort of stuff. But just for his own personal confidence, like to have a, a great 200th game like he did and then to back it up with a win, I mean, it just would have been so good for his confidence. I, I don't think morale is going to be down. Like I think the boys will still be upbeat, but he just really needs to string together a few wins and just ingrain that self-belief like, you know what, I am the man, I can do it and I'm going to do it every week and just just get used to winning like he's had too many of these sort of heartbreaking losses in the past so just really disappointed for him that we didn't get the win from that point of view
2: yeah like if that fi- if that field goal that he did kick was the winning play um yeah. that would have been pretty sensational i think or yeah, even if he put a little even if he put a, like a little chip kick over the top to to get an offer on the um, on the far side there, right on full-time. That would have been insane as well. And like they got around him on Easter Monday when he put a couple of good kicks in for tries, they would have absolutely swamped him. Yeah. And so would all of the fans. I think he probably would have got another Brooksy Chan as he came off the field.
1: If we scored a try on the Hooter, I would have jumped the fence. I don't care what the, <laughs> is. You care someone,
2: what the someone point else, is. Someone else jumped got the um, jumped the fence in the in, early in the second half too, I think. I think I saw someone getting carted off on the far side of the field. (laughs) Um, Brooksy was rated 7.6. He was the highest rated back. Yeah, that's fair. All right. So, Stefano. I'll go first with Stefano. I gave him an 8. I thought he was really strong. Like Josh showed us before, he hadn't missed any. He didn't miss any tackles. He put in a mountain of effort. I don't know if he came on maybe too late in the game for his second stint to really be made the best use of, but... Overall, another really strong game from Steph. I think the experience of being in Blues camp really did some wonders for him. Um, I hope he's not that far away from being selected. Um, I feel like he should maybe be there. But since he was like 19th man and the backup forward, I feel like maybe he should be in the team over TPJ, but that's probably also a little bit of bias. But TPJ did nothing special, let's be honest.
1: Uh, TPJ was awful. Stupid offload that turn the ball over to Queensland that they ended up scoring from. Uh look Steph was good. I will give him an eight as well. I was kind of meandering between sort of 7 and 8. Like I, I just feel if Appy was there he would have had more chance of scoring or busting the line a bit more. I just think he didn't he ran to the wrong spots with Jake Simkin there but um look he's playing really strong 31 tackles none missed. Um there look he, he's coming on just the way we want him to come on now. mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
2: Ah, so he got a seven point one overall. Jake Simpkin.
1: Yeah, look, I all, all I'm going to say is four, and I'll just leave it at that. I, I don't. I've said enough. You know, like I don't want to bag you. I love him. I, I think he's a great player. I just think he had a really poor game.
2: Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. Um, in that stint where he was on at the start of the game, he didn't really offer us all that much, unfortunately. So I'd give him a five. Um, he got a four point eight overall. Uh, David Clemmer.
1: Yeah, probably not the Clemmer. Like he played well, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't that elite sort of nine out of ten performance we've been getting from him. He did, he did do that mad offload that eventually led to pole making that long bust where before he lost the ball. Um, but like I gave him a seven, but like you know, solid leader's performance. I I just you know, as someone that's not a player, I just I, I'm I admire how these guys just back up every week, week after week after week. And I just think for a prop. It's just hard to keep crashing against brick walls every week and producing nines out of tens. And, and that's what he's been
2: doing most of the
1: year. But, yeah, love him and and glad he's with us.
2: Yeah, I've given him an eight as well there. Um, 50 minutes, 100 meter or 10 runs for 100 metres with 40 post contact and a solid effort in defence as well. I think that's um, not the David Clemmer we've seen in previous weeks, but it is still a really solid stint. So I think he deserves Definitely. an eight for that. And I gave him a
1: 7.1.
2: Yeah. Uh, I gave him a seven. He got a 7.1 overall. Sorry. <laughs> Isaiah Papali'i next. He got a 7.2 overall. I'm giving him an eight as well. Um, I loved watching him getting into some space late in the game there. It as It's a shame he got run down. Uh, but I think he had a really solid game overall as well.
1: Yeah, I, I gave him an eight. He's he's running really hard. I, I just feel like we just got to get, you know, like I said, we've got to get the players used to him a bit more. They're not, we're not getting the best out of him. Um, once we find our right combo with, with ice, I just think he'll be doing 9 out of 10 every week. Um, yeah, just disappointing about that penalty he gave away later in the game. I, even with that break that I mentioned earlier, I think Pole should have passed to Papali. I think Papali would have had a little bit more of a chance of doing something better with the ball if we got closer to the line. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, Paule does seem to put the blinkers on a little bit when he does find some space. But, um, yeah, look, very happy with ice and, yeah, 8 out of 10 from me.
2: John Bateman
1: yeah I gave Bateman a nine I just can't believe how many tackles he did it was something like was it 41 or 46 or something like that Uh, I think he only missed one tackle Uh, the try that he scored was the highlight of the game for me that was not I I just knew we were going to like at least tie the game once he got it back to 18 10 kick to come I just thought it's on here and, and it was funny watching the TV today like because I, I hadn't rewatched the game. It was too heartbreaking to re-watch it after Friday night, but I thought I'd better do it, you know, for the podcast. Um, but re-watching it today, I noticed he had a very delayed celebration after he scored the try. He was like kind of <laughs> – he was rather modest, you know, just like a couple of uh, hand slaps with his teammates. And as he got to about 10, 15 out from the try line walking back, he did a double fist clenched sort of thing it was just so funny but uh unusual character johnny <laughs> Bateman but w- what a what a champion like we've we've got you know in in ice Papa lee and John Bateman and Appy corissa we've got three you know if they're not having won a Premiership they're, they're three Premiership worthy players so I, I don't want to hear this five-year plan guys if if we're not going to make it this year to the finals we're going to make it next year for sure like there, there's really you know good things to look forward to and yeah, I'm getting excited. I'm going to be disappointed when this season's over if it doesn't finish the way we want. But next year, he's going to be awesome.
2: Mm, I agree. Um, what about the celebration? That, I think he did the same celebration after we scored our third try. He he got into the power stance, the double fist pump, and that was that yeah. was pretty fun to watch too. Yeah, yeah. even <laughs> even
1: when Brooksy got the field goal, I think it was the same thing. But even some of Nofer's reactions, like – noffa has gone over the dead ball line after Wakeham scored and just watching his, you know, sort of double uh you know, double fist pump or whatever. It was just it's good to see. Like even, you know, the, the supporters behind those goalposts watching it, watching the replay uh, you know, from the back shot, that was hilarious. The guy without the shirt on and you know, his his stomach bouncing around everywhere it was, yeah, it was good to see the fans happy.
2: What about at 18 all when they showed that really young Canberra fan in almost tears?
1: No, I, I got no sympathy for Canberra fans. I've been crying since 1989, <laughs> so and, I, and I'll
2: never get over it.
1: It'll be etched on my tombstone. Never get over 1989. So <laughs> my, my biggest heartbreak. I got no sympathy for Canberra.
2: I um, I gave Johnny a nine as well. I he, to me he was our best player on field. That try he scored out, which was from a dummy half scoot of all things, um, was absolutely insane. He, he was he. Backed it up with the energy and the enthusiasm all game. Um, a real big reason for the comeback, I think, because um, he kind of put the rest of the team on his shoulders almost and tried to carry us to the finish. You could tell it meant a lot against his former team as well, I think. And he yes. had a bit of a battle there with Hudson Young and a few of the others. And he got in the face of Corey Horsburgh a few times to try and set him alight. And, yeah, that was it was good fun to watch. He got it an was. 8.8 overall uh, for Nua Apollo
1: Wow, they were they were two different stints. Um, I, I don't know what to give him. I, I mean, I'm going to say seven, but my God, some of those runs in the second half. I mean, where 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 did he actually take it up from? Was he taking it up from Campbelltown or Canberra? Like he literally was <laughs> meters meters over the back fence and running with absolutely no self preservation. It was absolutely inspiring. Like I love that. I love seeing that passion and. And that's what makes you want to go to footy games and be there to support. And, yeah, he, his second stint was outstanding. Um, yeah, he it, obviously, like, he does better when he comes from the bench. So I, I don't know if starting is the right thing. Not Like, his numbers aren't big, but, they're, but, like, his runs were just so full of effort. So, look, I gave him a seven, but I, I wouldn't be surprised what his numbers are. Like, I'm sure people loved what he did and probably gave him higher than that.
2: I gave him a seven as well. I loved his um, off the fence carries. They were, they were amazing and listening to the crowd get into get into them, especially during that comeback was a lot of fun. Yeah. He just had a few moments where I don't know what he was thinking and I don't think he knew what he was thinking. Um, and for a, for a player that's supposed to be a ball playing lock. Um, I don't think he really feels that, that task there. So great. yeah, I gave him a seven as well. Um, the, the overall was an eight point one, so we were a little below the average there. Yeah, Robin.
1: I thought I thought that might be the case that people would be uh, swayed by his magnificent runs from the kickoffs and what have you.
2: Yeah, my my thoughts. I don't know if it would happen because it would involve a lot more switching around and stuff like that, and like changing players' positions mid game. But if we had Johnny Bateman, um, start at lock, we have st- um. Not Stefano, um, Blaw in at second row, and then when Bateman needs a rest, uh, sorry, when Blaw needs a rest, move Bateman back into the second row and bring uh, Polley on. Then I think maybe that might be a little bit of a better way to go. Um, but then, then again, I think I don't know. It's really tricky because I don't think Fanua is the ball playing lock that we need. I think he he works better in the front row rotation. I think we we hit a switch or something in the um in the Cowboys game with having Joffa start and then Vanua come on, and I think Vanua stayed on for the rest of the game.
1: Yeah,
4: but,
2: um, yeah,
4: well, and it's, it's a real tough one. On. I've, I've
2: advocated
1: I've advocated for Johnny Bateman to play lock, but when you look at how our right edge defends, when you look at the plus forty tackles that he made the other night. Um, you know, like I think I think between Johnny uh, Star and Nofa, they missed one tackle each. And that that right edge of ours was absolutely shithouse in previous years. We, like teams would score three or four tries a week down that edge. So he's tightened that up. And literally the only try we leaked there was a kick to Luciano Le Lua, you know, two weeks ago. And I don't think we conceded a, a try the week before. So that right edge is really tight. Maybe that's why they don't want to change it. If they do change it, maybe that's where we're getting the talk about a potential Tyson Frizzell coming to the club. And obviously, he's a back rower, so therefore, Johnny Bateman would go to lock. But back on for new Apollo, I just I just think he's an out-and-out out middle and he's the perfect guy to come off the bench and give us impact. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's it's a good problem to have, but, um, yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what, what the powers that be decide.
0: Do you have any thoughts on that one, Josh? Oh, I'll myself. No, you're doing well, Az. Killing it. Um, Vanilla Polly, like you guys said, the runs off the bench, uh, off the back fence were unreal. But, um, yeah, I think would be better off. Can we not move him to a front row and bring Bloor to the bench?
3: Uh, hey, Aaron,
1: Aaron, given my voice was a lot worse than Josh's at full time on Friday <laughs> Is it fair to say that Josh might have been screaming at an NBA finals game today on TV?
2: Oh, I think there's a slight possibility that it may have been happening.
0: No, that oh, was just crying. Right. <laughs> they were tears, not yelling.
2: Yeah,
1: I thought I thought maybe what you lost your voice a bit more today, mate. That's no, you
0: know. I, I I haven't got it back since I haven't had it since Friday. Yeah, just fair
2: enough. In for round two in the game today. Um we've still got the bench, so on to Appy.
1: Uh, look, I'm I'm going to give Appy seven point five because he played three quarters of the game. He he was perfect for what he did, but I'm not going to give him more than that. Uh, he would have got a ten probably if he played if he started the game. But yeah, he, he was outstanding. Like I just love what he does. He's he's the way he plays dummy half. I don't think there's anyone like him in the comp. It's and I'm just so glad we've got him. And it shows how important having a really good hooker is for our team because. We were pretty directionless until he came on.
2: Mm. I'll um, I'll round up and give him an eight for much the same reasons. I think he was absolutely outstanding. He didn't really get a chance to show what he's really capable of because of the fact that Canberra were laying all over us in the ruck all night. Um, The few times he scooted out a dummy half at, at offside players, we weren't rewarded for it too. So, yeah, he he tried his ass off, as did most of the rest of the team, and it was really disappointing for him in particular considering he backed up from origin only 48 hours earlier where he wasn't supposed to play a full game, but ended up playing a full game. So props to him for that as well. Um, and then to come out and play 50 odd minutes, nearly, nearly 60 minutes for us against the the Raiders who have a very, very beefy forward pack. And in saying that he only missed two tackles when his average, I think is probably around four, four and a half missed tackles a game. Cause he, he often misses a few, but that's, that's normal for a hooker. So for him to yeah. only miss two defensively as well, I think is absolutely sensational. And he got a seven point six overall, so you were pretty spot on.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: <laughs> Safe off.
1: Look, I, I'm going to give him a six because, it, like, and that's a, I think that's a good score. He's he tries hard, like he he, he goes hard. I just think he he offers like lit, literally zero impact. Like he had uh, twenty nine tackles, one missed. He's doing a role but I just don't think he offers impact. He's got no oomph. He's got no offload. He just he he's just a toiler who's trying to play above his weight and it's not his fault he's doing the best he can but he he shouldn't be in an elite 17. We our 17 players have to be elite and I don't think he fits that bill, guys.
2: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. Um I think he he he's probably more worthy of the front row rotation at most as a like a, a fringe first grader. Um I still feel like his bench spot probably should go to a player like Sean Bloor who offers a bit more. Um there. I've given him a six pretty much for the same reasons and he got a 5.0 overall.
0: Yeah he just doesn't bend the line guys. He does follow us on Instagram though. So
1: like that guy like I say no one's mm. doubting his courage or his efforts or he plays with like if he judging him on heart I'd give him 10 out of 10 guy puts in as hard as he can. I just, you know, in a, you know, compared to his teammates, he's not as talented and that's not, not a knock. It's just a fact, you know, like he's just, he tries hard, man. He tries hard, but he's just, you know, lacks a bit of finesse and lacks a bit of oomph.
2: And compared to recent seasons as well, I think heart is probably one of the things we've been most lacking in, like in the in the department of heart, courage, determination. We've had a lot of te- a lot of seasons where we've had a few players who just haven't been putting in, and that's been hurting us too.
1: Well, that, that's what sure. I love about this squad, Josh, uh, Josh and Aaron, because other than the Brisbane game, and I don't even put that down to lack of effort. I just put that down to more being shell-shocked and kind of frazzled at the scoreboard just went against us so quickly and we never really recovered. But I cannot say this team has ever given up this year. And I, and I could say that about, you know, teams a couple of years ago, Melbourne putting 66 on us or whatever it was in, you know. Roosters, yeah. yeah, Roosters game. Uh, yeah, where it looked like they were playing touch footy. And even, as I said, in those glory days, 2005, 2010, you know, Penrith and Melbourne put big numbers on us last two rounds. South put 50 on us at the SCG one day that, it was so embarrassing. I walked out with about 10 minutes left that day. I could not believe what I was watching. And they end up turning it around. But this team, every week, doesn't stop trying. And my only concern is if we are totally out of finals range, like hypothetically, if we lose to the Gold Coast and Melbourne and, and like the season's effectively over, can they still maintain that intensity? Because it's very hard to back it up week after week if you've got nothing to play for
2: especially with so much of the season left to go. Definitely. All right. 12.
1: Uh, look, I'm, you could give Twally a seven or an eight. I, I thought he was pretty good. Again, he didn't miss a tackle, but some of his
2: runs were pretty,
1: pretty venomous. Uh, look, I'll, I'll give him a seven, but standard Twally
2: game. I, I'm I'm loving seeing Twally run. Um, it's, it's re- reinforced it to me after watching the Matty Johns Sunday night with Matty Johns last night and, they showed some footage of when he was a Para under twenties player, and he him breaking the line, scoring a few tries. It's like, come on, Twally, why can't you do that with us now? <laughs> Fair to say, <laughs> he had he, he
1: probably had his best chance of scoring a try when uh, Brandon Wakem batted that ball back over from over the dead ball line. Oh, he-, he was so yeah. close! He was so close to it. So. If he'd have scored there, I mean, that was it. They could have awarded us a premiership. We could have all gone home.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Wrap, wrap up the season there and then. Um, yeah. I gave him a seven as well, and he got a 6.3 overall. So, Kepa Owa.
1: Oh, look, I don't think he was on there for long enough. He, he tried hard, but like I said, that bat back that went over the sideline was a poor play that was costly, and... Look, I'll give him a six, but he's trying hard. I mean, I don't think he missed a tackle while, while he was on the field. He made a couple of strong runs. But like I said, I'm not a fan of his, to be perfectly honest.
2: Yeah, understandable. I'll just check if he missed any tackles for you. I don't think he um, did.
1: I can, I can have a look. Uh, 12, 12 tackles made, none missed.
2: Yeah, so that's pretty good. How, how many minutes did he play?
1: Uh, I don't have the minutes here, Aaron, but... Um, uh,
2: I've got the... I up oh, 30 minutes. He played 30 th- minutes. Yeah, that's longer than I thought. I thought he came on with maybe like 18, 19 minutes to go, or something like that. So that's interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure why that was. Maybe it was for clemmer. I'm not. I'm not sure.
2: Possibly. Well, I gave him a six, much for the same reasons. And he's sorry, Josh. You just went oh, past it. Sorry. He got a five overall. And last but not least, Sheenzy.
1: Look, guys. Other other than Appy not starting and not having Junior Tupu. Prepared for a short kickoff. I'm I'm loving how the coaches are getting, you know, squeezing the you know, the best out of the players every week. There's no doubt the players are all on the same page. They've got one common goal. I know it's not resulting in wins, but it just makes me want to go to games every week, guys. Like I'm I I can actually finally see the light. I'm not being stupid or airy fairy. I, I I think we've got a pack that can match it with any team in the comp. We still struggle in the red zone. I mean, I reckon if Sheens, Benji, whoever could have their time again, when you've got a team, you know, cheating on our, in our red zone, coming off the line as early as they did, all it takes to break that speed up and defence is put a couple of grubber kicks or, or a kick behind them, set up for a play where your lead runner just goes in and, and plants the ball down for a try. We, we've just got to break up, you know, a fast line like that because it, it is very hard to score in the red zone when the, the defensive line is coming up at you, so I just think we have just got to find a couple of different ways to break up break up defenses like that. And and there's no better way than than breaking up a defense, you know, with a few kicks on early tackles, not on the last tackle, but on the third or fourth tackle where it's predetermined and everyone's on on page and they all know that it's coming. But um, look, they're, they're they're getting the best out of the team, guys. I can't complain about the coaching. For sure, right, yeah.
2: And I like, I like um you saying there, Rob, that you can see the light now. And I think that's pretty impressive seeing as in the lead up to the Cowboys game in the group chat between the three of us and Shane, you were saying that like the Cowboys game was going to be your last one because you just can't handle it anymore. And it's, it's really hard to watch the team. And now you've done a complete 180. And I think that's probably one of the most impressive things the team has done this season.
1: I was <laughs> just, just like, I don't want to go to games where we're going to die with the ball in the last tackle, I and mean, that's what we did against 100%. South. And we weren't, we were, we were playing not to get thrashed. We were playing to just mix it, mix it, and hope that South, who are like perennial top four team, are just going to shit themselves and hand us tries and you know drop a bomb or knock a ball on. They're not going to do that, guys. We're the West Tigers. We've got to, we've got to still have a bit of our own flair where we we take it to teams, but. The, best, the most exciting thing about the Tigers to me now is I know that even if, look, we're going to have the odd occasion where we get a score put on us, whether it be for a player or two in the sin bin or something like that, but all in all, we've got a team that tackles, man. We've got a team that tackles and goes tackles hard, hard. And, yeah. and 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 busts their guts for each other every week, not like when we're winning by 12 or winning by 18, Whether even if we're losing by 12 or losing by 18, there's, there's so many games where... Gold Coast round one, they got off to a flyer. Melbourne got a jump on us. Okay, we didn't come back from the Brisbane one. But even this one, down 18-0, the guys do not give up. That's We always want to see that. But imagine now you've got a team that doesn't give up playing for each other. Add that to a team that is going to eventually find its way over the try line consistently. Tell me who you fear when you want to play another team. Like, like the only team I probably fear at their best is Souths. I, I mm. think we could smash Cronulla. I think we could smash Penrith. I think we could smash Melbourne. No, I'm not on drugs if anyone's thinking that. <laughs> if we've, we've, we've got a team, and that's what's frustrating about being down the bottom, man, because yeah, we, we win this We win this game. We beat Gold Coast, hopefully. We beat Melbourne without Origin players, and we've got a buy. and suddenly we're like eighth or we're two points out of the eight,
3: mm. and
1: we're just humming and we're starting to talk. You know, here we go. Like, this is happening. You know, so it's just... I just feel bad that we're we're probably too far away now. Like it's not over, yeah. but it's we're one loss away from it being over now. We right, need to as the longest run.
0: Right, as I'm going to test out your reading skills here. Do you want to? I'll go through. We'll go through the uh the best comments. So thank you to everyone who dropped it in their player polls. There. Here are some of the best comments left in those forms. Right, as.
2: So this one's from Rich. Such a weak penalty to decide a game. They slowed our ruck down and we couldn't attack. As soon as they stopped weighing on us, we scored three tries. Yeah, uh from good. David. Huh. Rob, go. I
1: was just gonna say I wish I wish Brooksy fell over on that last kick of the game, too. We might have won 21-20. Yeah.
2: We might have got that um that one point win, controversial one point win back over the the robbery up at Townsville last year. <laughs> yeah. David says, great heart to get back into it, but shouldn't have let it get to that point. Really need to evaluate Safearth. I'd love to see a youngster get a run over him. He offers nothing. Every player needs to have some sort of trait nowadays.
1: Well, we've said that about Safearth, but what what do we do about the 18 points? I mean, it's a drop bomb and, and two kicks that have come off the post. Like our defence has held firm for 80 minutes. Th- those tries are fluky and and I don't think I don't think it was a fair Way of how the game was being played, like you know, if ever we play twelve games at Campbelltown, guys, we should sign Jamal Fogarty because the guy scored two tries, kicked four goals, and when he when we played um, Gold Coast there a couple of uh, years ago when he was a halfback for the Gold Coast, he had a blinder that nine kicked six out of six. So mm. I, I, it seems like he really likes Campbelltown a fair bit, but I, I I don't think we let the game get away from us. It was just we just got punished for our errors. So I think the boys had a go, but yeah, we we, we needed to start Appy, man. Our, our attack was really clunky the first 20 minutes, and that's that's probably where we lost it, even though we did have chance to win the game at the end.
2: Do you think we we have a really strong chance of winning this weekend if we start Appy?
1: Well, just Appy or no Appy, you know Gold Coast are going to score 20 to 30 points no matter what. So I think this game is totally hingent on our attack. If mm. if we're not if we can't score thirty points this week we're not going to win because the it's Gold Coast pretty- Gold go, Coast will score go Gold Coast will score they have got a lot of attack they're just a soft team they are so soft they had South down twelve nil on the rack the other night and ha, you know had a six point lead at half time and were absolutely pathetic in the second half so um the Gold Coast are definitely beatable but the problem is Gold Coast have more points than us so safe,
0: our, save it. We'll pre- preview that tomorrow night, boys.
2: Let's get oh, through. Oh, okay. Sorry. Let's okay. get through. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Chris W, kick pressure on Fogarty was one out of ten tonight. He had so much time to kick and pass. We made an average player look like an immortal. Prole again, rock solid. Needs to come off the bench as punch in the middle. Uh, Villa's stats, I think that might be Buller. stats Or, or, or Nof,
0: Nofzilla. I don't, I'm not sure.
2: I can't <laughs> no read idea. it. Sorry, guys. Uh, but left out to dry doing dirty work and not fresh to work around the middle. Safe arth is literally immortal plotter status. James Blaw or someone from cup can help surely desperate for a proper fast play the ball, uh, ball playing 13.
1: I agree with all of that.
2: Phil Rogers, a great 10 minute spell against 12 men should not detract from a poor first 70. Some dodgy refereeing didn't help, but our attack was terrible. We look so much better when Brooks runs the ball and my grand has more pace than Wakem. Hmm.
0: My yeah. grandmother's grandmother also last name Rogers. Maybe it's the same grandmother.
2: I agree with that, but the score wasn't a...
1: That 18 nil wasn't a true reflection of the game.
2: Yeah, for sure. And I think... But, like, uh, them slowing us down really made it harder for us to attack. And I think we, we talked about that earlier, but I think a lot of the fact that we scored zero points, other than the fact we couldn't ice our chances, particularly in the first half, because we yeah. we went back to that error-riddled style of football. But, uh, well... Adam Patton, 70 minutes of no points cost us the game, not ISIS penalty. Probably. Uh, Joey Basari, this game just proves that Fanua Pole is a middle forward. He put the team on his back in the last 12 minutes. Also, we need to lock up Buller ASAP because every game his stocks go up.
1: agree with all that.
2: Domjet, why didn't our boys ask Ref to look at the push in the back to Brooks? There was zero protest when we should have gone wild and we should have made a big deal out of it. I don't think they would have been able to overturn that because we had already used our challenge, so we couldn't technically challenge I, it. I
0: think he's just saying, like, fly, like, go to the ref and quite, like, appeal it, kind of like an appealing cricket, like, just flail around. Yeah. It's not like Brooksy, it's not of his personality, got the ref and, like... I agree with that, but the problem
1: it. is Adam G said he saw it anyway and, yeah. and, and dismissed it. So they saw it and they ignored it because we're the West Tigers.
2: Daniel Bortolusi, we're we're never allowed to play flowing football until they were down to 12 and the ref finally saw how they were laying all over us in the ruck. Agree. Connor Noon, uh, Fanua Pole off the back fence now until forever. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Uh,
0: (laughs) Noon's is part one of our Patreons as well. So patreon.com forward slash Life. Uh, I don't think there's any questions in the discord, but save them for or we'll chuck them in guys for tomorrow night. When we preview the, uh, Oh, we've got Shane's rant as well. Shane's rant, rants are getting bigger and bigger. Um, This is actually only half of his rant this week. I actually had to cut it, cut it down a bit. Can you, the writing's quite small, but do you want to power through give this it, one? Give it a go. I've
2: got it. I've got it. It's on my laptop so I can go full screen and, have a, have a go at it that way. So uh, just give me a second.
0: So Benji uh, Marshall your Patreon Shane co
2: on a side note. How bad is the game day experience at the moment? 11,500 people at Cambo was okay, but with ticket prices, the way they are, you do not get a lot of bang for your buck. Foxtel is winning. I was in the club last night and I had a quick look around for you guys to introduce myself, but the joint was packed. Everyone stayed in there because there they were F all to see at the ground prior to the game. The relay at halftime was okay, but that would have cost the West Tigers F all to put on. I emailed Pasco and pointed this out along with suggestions on how we could attract more people to our games. Skydivers, drone shows, well-known singers slash bands. It will be interesting to see what he comes back with. Finally, on the Raiders, I know Sticky is polarizing, but I wish Sheen's had his passion. Ricky's presser, Sheen's chalk and cheese. What about what Sheen said? All we need is... All we needed was one try to give us confidence. What about the 74 tries we scored the week prior? He's the gift that keeps giving this clown? I also want to give a rap to Jamal Fogarty last night. His interview after the game was all class. He really felt for how the West Tigers and us fans would be feeling good on him. Onward and sort of upward.
0: Just on the game day experience stuff, I I think just in terms of that stuff, it's going to be stuff for the kids, like make it appealing for kids. I know when we, the last Cameltown game, which was uh, what time slot was that against Manly? Uh, it was pissing down rain, but it was a bit more kid friendly though. They, they had jumping castles and that sort of thing. Uh, as an adult going to the game, I don't really give a shit about if, if there's a band playing. Um, I don't care. The, I like seeing the kids doing their relays at halftime. I really don't care for a regular season game that much. Having, especially at the club next door, I was happy to like mingle with fans at the club. Uh, You can do that before and after the game as well. I actually don't mind that. I mean, in America...
1: We're we're there to watch rugby league. I I know it would have been really difficult and, and it would have been empty for at least the first half of the game. Why not put a New South Wales Cup game, a women's game, a jersey flag game, some sort of game? And I wouldn't have... We literally sat down, Josh, as the players ran out on the field. The gates didn't open all quarter to seven. I mean, hmm. there's got to be a game of football before first grade. I mean, you're trying you're trying to encourage people to go to a game. I mean, yeah, it was great for the club not having a game because we stayed in the club and you buy a bit more food and have a few more drinks. But it's got to be about putting some more footy on. You've got to have a game before first grade for God's sake.
0: Yeah. Um, although I like going to Lincoln Mobile and watching the boys on a separate day um, as well. I mean, in America, they should – I wish tailgating could be a thing here. But uh, – New South Wales is a nanny state and they don't let you drink in a car park. So it probably would never happen. Uh, our next episode of the Westlife podcast is in 22 hours time. Uh, we're going to preview the Titans game Tuesday night because it's a Thursday night game. We thought might as well do it 48 hours out rather than 24 hours. The, basically the episode would be pretty pointless to listen to by Friday. So uh, like, probably much quicker than the episode tonight. the night. We had a lot to talk about uh, on tonight's show. So we'll preview Tigers, Titans, uh, hopefully another big game for Brooksy as well, who's up on the screen there. Uh, Anything else, boys? It's been a, look, it's been a long show, but action-packed. We haven't, uh, my voice was already gone, but um, your boys have absolutely absolutely carried me tonight. And I I thank you as, yeah, man of, of the match performance tonight, as Thank you.
1: Yeah, outstanding, Aaron. You, you did a great job of that player rating stuff. Uh, no, look, just keep your heads up, guys. I mean, it, you know, it might not be... The season might not pan out the way we want, but we we're, we are actually building properly. Like, the team is improving. The players are improving. I mean, the, the attack is still clunky. Probably we've just got to adjust to teams that are going to slow us down a bit better. But, you know, like I said, only a, a few kicks can... Change that, a few attacking kicks and, um you know, a little bit more backline playing our own half. But we'll get there. We'll get there. I don't know if it's going to be this week or the week after, but, uh, you know, we've got plenty of signs of improvement coming. 100%. Yeah, I
2: agree. Thanks for the kind words there, fellas, as well. I appreciate that. I'm happy to lend a hand and help out where I can. Uh, yep. Just one more thing because I've been thinking about this all night and it's bugging me the terminology used. But Adam G's role in the bunker or his official bunker title is senior review official.
3: Well, was okay.
1: there anyone
2: else in the box? I don't know. <laughs> if, if um, you can general- there, he can be the
1: senior, the junior, the intermediate, whatever. Like, <laughs> he's the only bloke
3: there. He shouldn't I, be there I- next
2: week either, let me tell you. I mm-hmm. feel like there's supposed to be more in there, but they only list the one. I think they, for the last few years, they've only been listing the senior review official. So maybe there's more people in there. Uh, maybe not. Who knows? I guess mm. I guess we'll never know. It
0: was an Adam G up either way. But, uh,
2: <laughs> <The boom.
0: laughs> righto, guys. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8.30 p.m. on a Tuesday night. Please join us again. Uh, thank you to the dozens. Of, I think, yeah, there was several dozen of you watching us live for a good nearly two hours so we really appreciate everyone and everyone that listens to back on the audio um audio versions of the podcast as well please share it with your friends give us reviews likes spread the word and uh as i said earlier in the show thank you for the kind words that you said to us at the uh at the legsy and at the game as well so righto guys my last uh bit of breath go the tigers.
2: Go the Tigers. Tigers.
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of the West Life Podcast. Please follow us at West Life Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook.com forward slash West Life Pod. You can also support and take part in the show at Patreon.com forward slash West Life and give us a subscribe on YouTube and turn notifications on. We'll see you again next time on another episode of the West Life Podcast.